Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week, we are going to be talking about Carrie! Yay! I love my Carrie baby. Um, I admitted to Casey that I've never seen this whole movie. I can't believe it. I was sitting there watching it. I'm like... Sacrilege. This movie's so fucking good. So and it was so good. sad. Oh so I know there's a lot of people out there that have uh, seen this. And actually, we wanted to give a birthday shout out to Nicole. Nicole. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, you. <laughs> we love you so much, Nicole. Happy birthday. Happiest of birthdays. Thank you for um, being a listener. We seriously, adore you. For so long. She requested this movie months ago for her birthday. She specifically wanted us to do the 1976 Carrie, which is what we're doing. Um, and she wanted it to come out on her birthday. So this is an episode that will come out on a Thursday instead of Sunday. So you'll get it a few days early. Ooh. so it'll come out on the 18th for her birthday um and this is further proof that we will honor your requests so send us more requests we will do them tell me what you want what you really really want and happy birthday to nicole, nicole. <laughs> so we are going to be covering the 1976 carrie uh i have seen all of them i've seen the rage carrie too i saw the 2002 and i've seen the 2013 so i will be mentioning those throughout um but yeah we're definitely going to be talking about one of Brian De Palma's masterpieces. Um, Brian De Palma is a, I mean, a master of his craft, truly. He's made some of the greatest movies of all time. He is such an amazing director. He has such a style. Like, you know a Brian De Palma movie when you see it. You start seeing those split diopter shots, and you're like, oh, it's De Palma. And then you start hearing people moaning in pain, and you're like, oh, it's De Palma. <laughs> Yeah. The ecstasy shot at the end. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Um, score by Pino Dinaggio, one of my favorite horror scores of all time. It is so sensual and like soft and then very like chilling and shrieky in some parts. Um if you listen really if you listened back to our guest the score episode that was one of the answers, was near the end when she's uh, in her prom scene, obviously. Uh, the reason we pointed to this, this is my Carrie tattoo. I will um, tag the artist who did it, uh, One Man Riot, Marty. Um, he did this as well. He is amazing. We love his style, obviously. Um, and yeah, Based out of Nashville, if you're in Nashville, Tennessee, ever, oh my go God. see him. Seriously. Get a tattoo. His style's amazing. Or if you're not in Nashville, he does have a website, and he does the coolest, like... Um, Horror movie Valentine's. Valentine's cards, stickers. He does... He did that poster and that poster. And I have, home. she has more from him. I have yeah. several posters from him at home. He's so great. We love him. We love him. He's a doll. Yes. Uh, Shout so, out, Marty. Yeah, absolutely. Go follow him. I'll post his uh, Instagram and everything. So yeah, um, I am obviously a huge fan of this movie. I love Stephen King. I, we're doing Stephen King Summer, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about that later. Um, anyway, uh, so, I mean, I love his movies. I have been a fan of his since I was a little kid and Carrie has always been one of my favorites um I think a lot of young girls um who aren't the most popular um you know those outsiders those outcasts whatever you want to call us um can resonate with Carrie a lot and um you know growing up I was like oh I love Carrie <laughs> you know I think it'll be really fun for us to talk about this mm -hmm. For the sheer fact that you are such a huge Stephen King fan. And I'm not by any means saying I'm not, but I know for a fact Casey w would run leaps and bounds with 
around me with her Stephen King knowledge. And this is the first time I fully watched this movie, so I'm coming at it with, like, a fresh lens. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, an outsider who's not, who's seen a lot of Stephen King adaptations, but watches them as movies mm-hmm. and not specifically as a Stephen King adaptation, which, unfortunately, like, I try to separate myself and I try to watch his movies you know, from a neutral basis, but it's hard for me to because... You're such a big fan. And nine out of ten times I've read what it's based on. So obviously I have read Carrie. Um, if you're an audiobook listener and you uh, get Carrie on audio on Audible, uh, it is read by Sissy Spacek, which is one of the coolest fucking things. I love that. I love the audiobook. She did a great fucking job. So Sissy Spacek is obviously our star. She is the titular Carrie, Carrie Edel White is her full name. Um, she is incredible. Um, she, amazing. She killed this role. She um, she wasn't considered for it at first because they didn't think she could make herself cool ugly enough because Sissy Spacek is beautiful. Um, but she did a great job at that. She uh, put a bunch of Vaseline in her hair and wouldn't wash her face before the audition. Like, hair and makeup would, like, or, like, tried to come at her during the audition and she was like, no, get away from me. And, like, she, she got this role because she understood the fucking point that's method acting at its finest right there she's amazing method acted without method acting without hurting someone else that part just wanted to throw it out there because casey forced me to watch such a shitty movie last time we did a review i'm gonna be eating cheetos on this podcast little asmr for you love it so (laughs) (laughs) just want to throw that out there now cheetos sponsor us sponsor me yes hot cheetos we specifically. Will, we will tattoo Chester, the Cheeto. I already plan on getting a hot Cheeto tattoo. Did I tell you that? Yeah. I'm going to get Flaming Hot as a tramp stamp in the in the Flaming Hot uh, print. Oh my god, I should get the little fire too. Yes. It's going to be fucking stupid. Just like me. Sponsor us. <laughs> The puffs are my favorite. I know. You got me back onto them. Anyways, so let's talk about Carrie. I want to start off by saying, when this movie starts, the first thing that I thought was how fucking cute their gym uniforms are. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. We had the most hideous ones. It was a gray t-shirt with that had a little hawk on it and then blue basketball shorts. And you, yeah, and you would like try to hike the basketball shorts up to make them look cuter and you'd like tie the shirt in the back. Yep. It just, it wasn't a look. No. Um, so, if you know, most people know the story of Carrie, even if you haven't seen it. This is a story of loneliness and isolation and what it can do to a person. Bullying. Bullying. And generational trauma is a huge part of it. Yeah. And, obviously, religious trauma. Um, yeah. So... Starts out, they are, and it's going to be kind of hard for me to go through the plot. I feel like she's going to be mostly going through the plot, and I'm going to be commenting. So, yeah, they start out, uh, they're in gym class. Uh, It's volleyball, I think. And, um, of course, Carrie fucks it up because she's, you know, she's not athletic. It's fine. She's never, I mean, her mom never exposed her to sports or anything. And she's, like, thin as a rail, probably anemic, and... It's a goddamn high school gym class volleyball game, and these it's girls are acting like serious. it's the goddamn Olympics. They're all like, fuck you, Carrie. You will not fuck eat you. Eat shit. Eat shit. Play the game. can't win a game with her on the team. Look at her. You eat shit. Like, bitch, 
I want to say I was super excited when I saw PJ Souls. I didn't know PJ Souls was in this. I love PJ Souls. She plays Norma. Norma was supposed to have a smaller role in the movie, but because when, of how amazing she is. Yes, but because of that first scene when PJ Souls hits Carrie with her cap that she wears through the whole movie and did that like just like as like an ad lib, Brian De Palma was like, I like her. We gotta we gotta <laughs> Me work too. we gotta work that in. And if you don't know who we're talking about, PJ Souls is totally the girl from the original Halloween. I love her. She acted her fucking ass off in Halloween to get a bigger role, too. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that literally just totally, she just keeps saying totally. totally. And then also, you know, anything you like. That's, uh, we love PJ, man. We love her. She's she, so kind. She's wearing a red baseball cap through this entire movie. She is not kind in this movie. Nora's no. not kind. As a as a person mm-hmm. out in the world. Of course. Um, um, but I was saying that... Next, we go to the locker room where everyone's showering and this beautiful score. I mean, just like this almost lullaby-like quality to it. And it's got this like very soft filter over it. Everyone's like kind of blurred almost like a Vaseline over it. I loved that. Slow motion, just very... Everything was very intentional. Yes, very beautiful and sensual. And unfortunately, it's teenage girls naked in a locker room. I was like, I don't... But they're all in their, like, mid to late 20s in real life. <laughs> That's another thing I said. I'm just like, none of these people, especially, like, when you get to the prom scene later, there's not a single goddamn guy in that room, specifically the men, that looked like a teenager. Mm-hmm. They all looked like 30-some-year-old men mm-hmm. with well, giant mustaches. I'm like, what? Um, Mrs. Fuck, I forgot the teacher's name. Um, the coach? Yes, the coach. Uh... It's Desjardins in the book, but I can't remember what it is. In I just kept writing coach. Yeah. Anyway, the coach in this movie um, was only like two or three years older than most of the actresses playing the main roles. That's so. insane. But um, yeah, so we get this locker room scene. I was like, girls' locker rooms? I've never been to one that looked like that. No. Um, Everyone hated getting naked in front of each other. You like covered yourself while you like put on your yeah. gym uniform because to be you're fair though like an insecure 16 year old and early 80s were a very different time there's a lot of bush i love it a lot of bush a yeah. lot of real titties i just like 70s titties they 70s were, and 80s titties were the best titties. they were because nobody they the, wore yeah they had the shape yeah they like went down just a little bit but then like cupped at the bottom oh those are yeah, good titties great titties good titties yeah my oh, favorite era of titties same i love all titties true so um this is when carrie gets her period for the first time she's in this very it's one of the only moments that we see carrie um peaceful you know at peace she's in the shower by herself and she starts bleeding, and you immediately know she doesn't know what's going on. She's having a fucking panic attack. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, she is having this peaceful moment, like, massaging her body, like, taking, like, really getting to, like, know herself. Because we'll see later, like, we are under the impression that her mother has kept her under a fucking, like, rock. And not even being able to, like know who she is as a person and explore herself mm-hmm. um or her sexuality or anything like that and so we just see her like really loving and enjoying herself and then we get this a moment of peace yeah and we get this really fucked up moment of like her freaking out and she's going to the, the girls. change of the score as soon as you see the blood drip down her leg with the like soapy water it just dun dun and she like 
pulls it up on her hands. It's all in slow-mo. Like, this this is a perfect film. I will not say anything bad about this movie. I can guarantee fucking to you right now because this is a perfect film. I don't think I have anything bad to say about like it. This, like, everything is so intentional from the acting, line delivery, the fucking cinematography, the score. Everything is so, so perfect to a T. Like, Mm. This is the only version of this movie that Stephen King likes. <laughs> I like the 2002 one, okay? We'll get to it. I like it. <laughs> I also like the Rage Carry 2. Anyway. So, she's crying for help from mm-hmm. any of these girls. Just, just devastated. And they all just start making fun of her. Throwing taunting pads her. Throwing at pads her. and tampons at her. Plug it up. Plug it up. And then she's up. like cowering in the corner and they're just throwing all this shit on her and mm-hmm. it's traumatizing oh it's it's horrifying truly horrifying um and so the coach comes in she's trying to figure out what's going on she gets to sue first and i think it's very important that when she comes in she and sue have a moment where she looks her in the face like one-on-one away for like because she's kind of on the edge of the group sue is played by um amy irving who i love um sue snell and she you can see in her face when the coach looks at her and she's like, what are you doing? You can see the moment where Sue was like, fuck, what am I doing? Not one other person in the entire group that does this feels that remorse. Yeah. The only one who does is the one who gets that look in the eye from the coach and is like, what the fuck do you think you're doing right now? What, what, what is this? At first I was not on the coach's team 100% because she like is like shaking her and then she like slapped her to try to like knock some sense into her and I was like and she said you need to grow up and take care of yourself and I was like the coach is a mega bitch there's a lot of smacking in this movie that was a lot more normalized back then that today I was like oof. I know and I wasn't I don't think I was able to take myself out of that moment because that's the first slap that I saw of the movie it was a lot more normalized back then of course um not okay but, and then also, the co- coach does realize, fuck, you don't know what's going on. Absolutely. And I come back around very quickly to really appreciating her character. But in this moment, I was like, this lady's part of the fucking problem. Yeah. And it also comes down to the, like, fact of how she was talking to the principal about the situation um, when Carrie was right outside the office door and could hear everything. And she was just like, you know, I saw these girls, like... And I wanted to kind of join in and shake her and be like, what is wrong? Like, this isn't a big deal. And I was just like, what the fuck is up with this coach? But she redeems herself later. Yes, she's actually a good person with the coach. So Carrie um, gets sent home for the rest of the day and excused from gym for a week. Yep. Uh, Gets home and, of course, the school has told uh, her mother, Margaret, Margaret White, Mrs. White. Before that, though. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie. Yeah, there's a little boy on his bike, and he says that to her, and she goes, and it was like, fell over. That happens in every version. It's the best in this one. Um, And kids on bikes, mean kids on bikes, man. What a Stephen King trope. (laughs) So, oh, it's Miss Collins, is Coach Collins. Hmm. It's Desjardins in the book, and in the remake. Um, So, when she gets home, Mrs. White, Mrs. White is an over-the-top, um, religious fanatic crazy uh, fucking evangelist psycho yes. uh played by piper Laurie, who uh when she started reading the script thought it was awful 
Um, and then talked to her husband about it, who said, oh, it's a black comedy. Reread the script and thought, oh, it's great. So this, that's kind of how she said she played it the whole time. She couldn't take herself seriously because she didn't think it was realistic, which, yes, it is. People are definitely like this. This yeah, is not that sadly. over the fucking top. But, um, so yeah, she really, and still to this day, refers to it as a black comedy. Well, her mom, oh God, she, the acting was incredible. Um, she truly, like, gave me chills with how, God, how much I was disgusted with her. Because, oh like God, you said, yeah. that, that, Carrie never got to live a normal life because her mother wouldn't allow it, like. At the end, when, uh, Piper Laurie has her little monologue about, uh, you know, when her husband came home drunk and they fucked and, and she's like, and I liked it. Like, just, like, she is such like she kills this role oh my she's gosh. in such like just so disoriented this whole movie just so over the top and i'm fucking obsessed well she accuses like you said they called the school called and uh she is accusing carrie of being unpure and say like the blood only comes when you're a sinner things yep. of that nature i don't know, remember the exact quotation but yep. she smacked her Two times this girl got smacked in a day just for getting her fucking period. Yep. Uh, she had sent into her prayer closet, which is a huge thing. Um, yeah. And uh, she's just, like, this, pleading with her, like, Mama, like, I a, wasn't, I wasn't sinning, like, yeah. Why didn't you tell me, Mama? Why didn't you tell me? They were all laughing at me. I fucking love Sissy Spacek. Oh I, God. this is a perfect performance. There are few performances that are truly this perfect, and she that was is one incredible. of the things that makes the audiobook so good. I have chills. Just because when she is reading her own lines, when she's reading Carrie's lines, she's putting that same performance into it. The audiobook is so good. I listened to it on my uh, back and forth to Florida when we drove a couple years ago. It was oh, so I love it. Um, so. Yeah, and this is a pretty close adaptation to the book. The book is written after the fact, um, mostly in, like, retellings, uh, newspaper stories, stuff like that, um, interviews with, like, police. So it's a different version of it, but it's actually, it's a pretty close retelling, if we're being honest. Um, so then, of course, the girls get detention for what they did. They have detention with uh, Miss Collins, which is fucking working out man and if they don't go to detention they're not allowed to go to prom and yes. that is like their life i would have been so sad i would have never bullied someone but if i hadn't been able to go to prom i would have been so sad i loved prom yeah I had such a good time um also we forgot to mention a little thing that becomes important later um they were um in class and they were reading poetry and tommy this cute blonde boy uh, reads this poem and he's like any criticisms and Carrie's like it's beautiful and then the teacher starts making fun of her yeah. and it's just like and Tommy goes you suck teacher says what did you say uh, uh, all, all shucks. shucks I love Tommy Ross I am a Tommy Ross defender till the end this is my favorite version of Tommy Ross um, yeah I didn't know what to feel about him at first because I was like hmm but I think he was genuine and I didn't know that he had no idea what was going on like yeah. With, later with the prom scene. Um, and when I did find that out, I was like, Genuinely love Justice Tommy for Ross. Tommy. I am so in love with this boy's hair. 
Oh, he's handsome, for so, sure. So, cute. I love that I am obsessed with the blonde curls. If you have blonde curls like that, boys, grow them out, grow them out, grow them out. So, yeah, I thought that was important to note, but we're back yes. to um, detention where Chris, which is our Chris main... Chris Parkinson, our main bully. Our main bully, blonde, bitch, antagonistic. Played by Nancy Allen. She does, she does an amazing job. She's an amazing bitch. She's great. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention earlier, um, Amy Irving, who plays Sue Snell, was originally uh, going to be cast as Carrie, uh, and then um, Brian De Palma, like, got the audition, saw the audition for Sissy Spacek, and was like, oh, <laughs> that's my Carrie. The one big difference from the book um, is that, obviously, Carrie in the movie is super, super rail thin, like, 90 pounds soaking wet. In the book, she is kind of a chubbier, like, she's described as, like, a little thicker, and, like, she's got pimply face, and, like, like, a very, like, described as a very, you know, quote, unattractive teenager, and, uh, so that is one criticism of not so much of this movie, because I think they did a great job making Sissy Spacek look like this outcast, um, you know, just... Just, like, weirdo just, yeah. is like the only word like yeah, exactly not that you guys know what we mean yeah like that, it's a it's a horror movie trope she's the that's, weirdo that's one of the things that i really truly hated about the um 2013 remake is that i'm sorry i cannot um you just you can't convince me that chloe grace moretz is not like they didn't even really try to make her look like, it's just, just Chloe Grace, yeah, or... it's just Chloe Grace Moretz. Like, there's no way she's being made fun of like that. I kind of felt the same way for Freaky, which I really loved Freaky, the 2020 um, I haven't body seen that yet. Um, feel the same way about Catherine Newton. Like, I'm sorry, like, there are people calling her ugly in the movie, and I'm like, what? it's Catherine Newton, but okay. Yeah. But... So anyway, uh, Chris uh, gets fed up and leaves detention and gets kicked out of the prom. Also, she got smacked in the face by uh, the coach. Hilarious. I loved it. I said that was so satisfying. So this is where the coach started redeeming herself for me. Because she was like, what you guys did was atrocious. Yeah. Like, it was disgusting. You should all be ashamed. Yeah, she wanted them all to lose their prom tickets anyway. But the principal said, no, let them have detention with you. And then if they don't do that, then we'll take the prom tickets. Right. So she goes to... um, Hang out with her boyfriend. What is his name? Uh, Billy Nolan. I just wrote John Travolta. (laughs) John Travolta. He has very pretty lips. Baby John Travolta. Yeah, his lips are really pretty. Tiny baby John Travolta. His character's fucking awful, though. He is a zygote in this movie. Oh my god, Billy Nolan is always the worst. This is one of the only versions of Billy Nolan that works for me. Um, The Billy Nolan in the remake is a... So the Chris Harkinson in the remake is Portia de Rossi. I think she does fine. Um, Billy Nolan in the remake, I can't remember his name. He is the least intimidating, most cucked, white boy, good old boy kind of like, ugh. Chris or um Billy Nolan I've ever seen and going back and watching this I'm like no I kind of get I mean John Travolta was a beautiful man still is love him (laughs) so I'm I'm looking it up but my whole thing is like they're in the car they pull over 
Things are getting sexy. Then they start arguing. And she calls him what? Like dumb shit? Yeah, stupid shit. Stupid shit. And he's like, don't call me that. And she called him that again. And he smacked the shit out of her. He does it twice. He smacks her a little bit once and then he smacks her hard again. And then she like recovers for a second and then starts like kissing him and sucking sucking his his dick. dick. Yeah, it goes down on him. But, like, is sucking his dick and also talking? I said, I was like, how can she keep saying his name so much and keep sucking? Billy, I hate Carrie White. That is the last thing. Like, the look on his face is like, no, shut up. It was so camp. So, um, and you can tell this entire time, like, when they were doing the, um, uh, 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 detention, Chris was like, Sue, you know, we have to stand up together, blah, blah, blah. And Sue's like, shut the fuck up, Chris. Like, Sue is like, she feels bad. Like, you can tell she actually feels bad for what happened. And, um, so, they, so Sue decides, I think this is better. Oh, no, no, before Sue decides that, Chris and Billy Nolan and some others go to a pig farm that's and Tommy Ansel Elgore? That's Tom, or that's Tommy Ross, Tommy sorry. Tommy Ross. He sorry, does sorry, a great sorry. Tommy Ross. I think he's a really good Tommy Ross. I was like, Ansel he's Elgore kind. Was. Where's the fucking, sorry, I'm trying to find Billy You're Nolan. for Billy Nolan. Yeah, Tommy, uh, he does a good Tommy Ross in that. Um, so, do, 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 do. So they go to a pig farm, they drain some pig's blood. Um, we all know what that's for. Um, and I wish... I could, like, go back in time and watch this in theaters, like, erase it from my memory and see that and be like, what the fuck are they planning? Um, so they obviously put it in the gymnasium, uh, and then this is when Sue goes to her boyfriend, Tommy Ross, uh, who we met, obviously, earlier, Blonde Curls, and tells him she wants him to take Carrie White to the prom because she feels bad. And later on, she says she feels like Carrie deserves a really fun night. And, like, yeah, it's a little... She's obviously trying to make herself feel better. Yeah. Yeah, and he looks okay right there, but they made him look really bad in the movie. It's... You know, back to what you were saying, though. For me, I was under the impression that Sue and Tommy were in on the whole bit. So, for me, I... Like, the, when the coach pulled them aside and was like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why? And it does why? feel performative because you can tell that Sue is trying to make herself feel better if she's being honest about it. And, like, later on she does, like, go to the prom so she can see, you know, what she did for Carrie. And, like, yeah, you can look at that as, like, oh, well, Sue is just trying to make herself feel better. It's like, yeah, but she did also do try to do a really nice thing. Yeah. And, like did miss out on her own senior prom with her boyfriend. Right. Like, that's, you know, that's really sweet. Yeah, so I was I was a little confused until later in the movie because I thought that they were both in their villain era. But I'm happy to find out that they weren't. Um, I loved the connection that she had with the coach where she pulled her aside and told her how beautiful she was. And she's like, just put some curl on your hair. Throw a little makeup on. Like, you'll feel pretty. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, but you're already, like, you know. The coach she- in the remake is played by, um, from Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, the daughter. Um, I fucking love her. She's in so much. It's gonna piss me off. Wildly underused. 
Um, she's an archer. She, oh my god, what is her fucking name? What is, what is she? Coach Desjardins. She's the coach. Judy Greer! Yes, Judy Greer, yes. And she, the relationship she has with Chloe Grace Moretz in the remake is so good. Oh, I love Judy Greer. It really is, it's such a sweet, sweet thing. My problem with the 2013 remake Actually, we're going to go through my feelings on the others at the end. Cool. After we do this movie, then I will tell you how all about how I feel about all the rest of the carries. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so the so picnic thing happened. Yeah, so um, anyway, so Sue tells Tommy to go ask Carrie to the prom. He asks Carrie. Carrie says no, obviously. Um, and then he goes back to ask her um, at her house. He, like, shows up to her house to ask her. And she's like, why do you want to take me? And he's like, because you like my poem. Yeah. Which he later admits he, he didn't write. He didn't write it. <laughs> oh, well. But I think it's still so cute. And um, he's like, I'm not. She's like, mom's resting. Like, you have to go. And he's like, I'm not going to go until you say yes. Yep. And she's like, fine. Yes. And then slams the door in his face. <clears throat> and then there's a very, very just devastating scene between <sighs> Carrie and her mom where she's telling her that she's going to the prom and um the lighting in this scene is so fucking good it's pretty much exclusively lit by candles and at one point margaret throws a glass of water in carrie's face it was in a mug i thought it was like a hot beverage no i don't think so um, well it was in a mug who yeah. drinks water out of a mug and uh it like like you know blows out the candle or whatever it like it, it, this whole scene just gets really dark and like Carrie's face is still dripping with water. She immediately recovers and is like, no, I'm going. I don't care. Finally standing up for herself. She like, like tries to put her in the motivated. prayer closet and Carrie like does something with her mind and she like her mom realizes like, oh shit. She like slammed all the windows. Because I one thing we haven't was. mentioned that I think everyone knows about Carrie, Carrie has telekinesis. She is discovering that through this whole movie and it is, um... So much a symbol for her burgeoning womanhood, basically. Um, it is her coming to terms with be becoming a different person, becoming a woman, and coming gaining her, these coming new into her things. Own. Yeah. Yes. And her mother sees it as evil and the Sin. devil coming out in her. And yeah. She's like, dad, like, the Satan took dad from us. And Carrie's like, mom, he ran away with another woman. Everyone knows that. Like, but she's like, now that she's accepted the prom proposal, she's like gaining confidence. She's like realizing, like, I don't have to listen to her. I can be my own person. I'm not going to live this miserable life that I've been living. Me. Um, but yeah, so her mom called her witch. Yep. Um, you know, that basically wraps that scene up. The next scene I thought was so fucking funny. Um, it's the only scene in the movie that is shot this way. Uh, it is the gentlemen going to pick out their tuxes. You'll make a good impression for once like in your ruffles. life. Would you go out with me? No, with ruffles. All right, well, you don't, don't have to get ruffles for yourself. You always got to make a joke, right? No, I just don't like ruffles. You I'm don't like ruffles? You don't have to get ruffles! It's fucking the hilarious. I love this scene. There's, like, one little moment of, like, yep. and that was it. Like, that was the entire... Yep. 
So it was like 10 seconds. Yeah. If even. It it's was very much a little comic relief where they're all like picking out their tuxes. And that guy's yeah. like, I don't want ruffles. And he ends up getting like a tuxedo, like long sleeve shirt. Sure. They're like, look, yeah. absolutely no ruffles. And I just thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, it is really cute when they're doing that. Um, she buys the um, materials for her dress and makes it, of course. And it's beautiful. Beautiful. I love that dress <laughs> so much. Um. Her mom calls her boobs dirty pillows. I can see your dirty pillows. Briss. They're called briss, mama. And every woman has them. Her boobs did look real good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sissy Spacek is stunning. She looks so good. She looked absolutely Um, gorgeous. She had a beautiful corsage. I love this, the way that this scene is shot when uh, the mom... When uh, Margaret's walking back and forth and it's kind of tracking with her, it's kind of kiltered. It's just very, very, very intentional. Um, we get a lot of split diopter shots in this movie. That's a Brian De Palma signature. If you if you don't know what it is, um, you've seen it before a hundred times. It is where one thing is closer in frame and it is in focus, and then the thing that is further in the frame on the other side of the uh, screen is also in focus. So it's split. So like the scene where uh, in the class where Tommy and where Carrie says she likes his poem or whatever, uh, that's a split diopter shot. You see him in focus in the front and her in focus further back. Yeah. So if you see me, if you hear me saying that, that's what that is. Um, so we see her mom is losing it at this point. Yes. She's, this is the scene that's super iconic. You know, I've even heard this quote um, and I hadn't seen the movie when she's telling her that they're all going to laugh at they're her. They're all going to laugh at you. And, you they're know. They're all going to laugh at you. And then she starts We're fucking hitting herself. And, and, like, pulling her own hair. Mm-hmm. It's psychotic. Trying yeah. to get prevent her from leaving. Yeah, and Carrie, like, slams her onto the bed with her powers. Just, like, stay there. I'm going. I am going to the prom. And then she gets up again, and Carrie puts her back on the bed and said, now sit there and don't say a word until I leave. And I was like, you go, bitch. Yep. And I I love the prom scene. I do too. I was like, their prom looks so cool. It's so pretty. It's beautifully shot. Everything is shiny. She looks amazing. Yeah, she's um, still kind of nervous at this point. She, like, the way he talks her up is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, the scene... There's a couple part I, I love I, I love literally every part of the prom. From from here until the end of the movie, I mean the whole movie, but from here until the end, it is I am so enraptured by every moment. Because it's so serene and beautiful when she's at the prom and there's the scene where they're dancing together and they it made were me so dizzy. Yes. They were so Carrie and Tommy were on a platform that was spinning one way. And then there was a camera on a dolly spinning the opposite way. So it looks like it's going even faster. And it goes around and around and around and around and around. And around. I was sitting like, there like. That's so fucking long. Um, <laughs> and if we just end the movie here, I am happy. We're yeah, Tommy was like happy. patient with her, teaching her how to dance. It was so fucking sweet. And like when she didn't want to at first, she's like, can we just say? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's just, I love it. He is just. 
he's giving her the best time and she's like why am i here and he's like because i asked you why did you ask me because you like my poem like my poem like it's just really fucking cute and we see sue snell come up to the prom and there is that of course i have i don't remember a time i didn't know this story but if you don't know the story and you watch sue come to the prom you're like why the fuck is she there and like She's looking around the backdrop, which is where, like, the string for the pig's blood is. And she's, like, holding it. So I was like... And Chris and Billy are underneath the stage. We see them under the stage. Um, We also know that um, Norma, PJ Souls, and one of the guy friends has taken over the ballot boxes for King and Queen. Mm -hmm. So we know that that they're planning to, you know, rig the thing so that Tommy and Carrie win. And... So, um, Sue is standing there, uh, like, kind of looking, because, like, they're getting announced as king and queen, and she's, like, smiling, and she really does look so fucking happy. She's got her hand there, and she feels the string move a little. Um, this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. It is one of the greatest long one-takes of all time. Um, it starts when PJ Souls is picking up the ballots. It follows her around the, um... Uh, like dance floor or whatever back around the floor like she goes around twice like picking up ballots doing something dropping the ballots kicking them underneath it follows back to where um or it follows over to uh tommy and carrie when they win uh prom king and queen goes over to where sue is standing when she sees the string move goes up the or no, no no before that it goes around goes to where sue is she sees the string it goes up the string to where the bucket is and then it zooms in on Tommy and Carrie. And it's like a two and a half minute long like one take and it is so good. It was really yeah that was a great shot. Um and you just see everybody like smiling and the coach is so happy for her. She came over and talked to her earlier and told her how beautiful she looked. Um so this is this is where I wrote I was like Sue was trying to stop her question mark. I'm confused because I didn't at, like, after that scene, you know, we get Chris and uh, Billy are, you know, ready to let go of the rope. And Sue was actually, like, trying to it's stop all, them. It's all in, like, really slow, slow motion. motion. So you're just, like, dread. It's, like, so tense. You're like, no, she's so close. Because she's trying to tell um, the coach, like, that they're under there. But the coach thinks she's there to ruin everything, of course. So she's pulling her out. And Sue's trying to explain, and Tommy and Carrie are going up to, you know, be prom queen and queen, they get their crowns on, and, oh, it's just, it's all in such super fucking slow-mo, there's no, like, you can't hear anybody talking, it's just the score. He kisses her. It is, oh my god, yes, it is so fucking beautiful, and like, like, when she's standing there with the flowers, if we could just cut to credits. I want a fucking movie where we just cut to credits there, and I am happy. <laughs> no, so. like, I would say we cut the prom scene there. Tommy takes her home respectfully. Her mom tries to kill her. She kills her mom. And then cut the movie there. Because <laughs> yes. her mom needs to die. Yeah, her mom does suck. Um, so... Yeah, so this is the moment that I realized Tommy didn't know. Like I said, those things came later for me in my understanding of what was going on. And 
The bucket dumped all the blood on Carrie. Tommy's like, what the fuck? Because he was in his powder blue suit, looking handsome. Looking so good. Then the bucket fell on him and knocked him out. Kills him. That killed him? Mm-hmm. I thought that just knocked him out. Kills him. Whoa. Oh, it's widely considered. And in the book, too. But yeah, in the movies, it's always widely considered a death for him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Looks very non-lethal. Um, that is one thing that the 2013 version does have, is the way that they drop the bucket on it's Ansel like, Elgert's head. It, it's like, oh, that might have killed him. This is like a bucket on the head. But it's yeah. like a, yeah. But no, that does kill Tommy. I that, thought it, it knocked him out, and, and then No, the it's fire very important him. that he died in that moment, because that is one of the major things that set, sets Carrie over the edge. Heard. It's the blood, it's the laughter, but it's also, she knows Ka- Tommy's dead, because Tommy was her one thing. She knew Tommy was good. Because, like, literally, as soon as it happened and all the blood falls, he immediately is, like, you can see him mouth, what the hell is, like, yeah. he's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like, and so he dies, and yeah. so she starts, it, there's these, like, kaleidoscope, like, images, like, it literally looks like you're looking through a kaleidoscope into the crowd. PJ Soul starts laughing first, and then everyone starts laughing. And you see, and, and like the the score mixing in this scene is so good because it's the score. It's her mom saying over and over again, "You're all, they're all gonna laugh at you." It's the principal saying, "We're all very sorry, Cassie." It's these people saying like over and over again, and it's just like it's maddening to listen to. And like her face, she's literally just like just covered in blood, and her eyes are so wide and so white. It's so terrifying, like, and her can, facial expression. Like, she's looking out at the crowd, everyone's laughing, you can see the coach laughing, which I truly believe was just in her mind. 100%. I don't think I, the coach was actually laughing. No, I don't think so either. Um, so she sees everyone laughing, and then, um, PJ Soul or, um, before... Uh, shit really starts going down. Billy Nolan and Chris Harkins to get the fuck out of there. They come out from the stage. They get out of the building and they're looking in through a window. A couple other people start to walk out and as they have the doors half open and they're kind of half out, Carrie, like, the, like, look and the... The f- oh, it's shutting the so fucking doors her and like eyes are so she scary. yeah she looks and so the, she's crushing these two guys between the doors. These two die. Um, and that's when everything starts going crazy. And I, the fan. this was, this was the first time I asked myself this watching this time, the hundredth, two hundred, two hundredth time I've watched this movie. I wonder, cause I know that the coach knew that it was Carrie doing it. I wonder if anyone in that gym had any idea what was actually happening. Like, do you think they actually knew Carrie was doing it? I know she was standing up there. I mean, But the I, chaos starts so fast and then the water starts because she... Uh, turns on the sprinklers and then she turns on the big fire hose. Fun fact, not so fun fact. PJ Souls, so she's she gets downed by the, um, the hose. The hose in that in real life, they were using a pretty high pressure hose. And when you see her like fall back and her head fall to the side, PJ Souls actually like bursted her eardrum in that scene and like oh my was, like, god, like got, had like a really bad time after that because of it. But, um. So here's my logic as to why I think that people knew, and that is the end scene where Carrie's headstone essentially was a for rent sign or a for sale sign, and it was written yeah. Carrie White Burn in Hell. Yeah. 
And I was like, why would they write that if she was just a weirdo? No, that makes I total think sense. That yeah. That's my interpretation. Yeah. So. That makes sense. That wasn't a part of the book, so. Yeah, so. Um, I said, we don't need no water. Let that motherfucker burn. So then, uh, obviously, <laughs> the, uh. So at one point, the principal grabs the microphone. He gets electrocuted. He catches on fire, which catches the gym on fire. The backdrop, um, Everyone's everything. freaking out, of course. Um, the coach gets killed. Something, like, drops down and, like, kind of, like, crushes her. That's really sad. I was really... She's, I like, calling. Really She's her. like, Carrie, no! <laughs> Ooh, it's too late, buddy. Yeah. Um, I love... When she, like, starts walking and she's got, like, her hands up, like, she's Ugh. just doing the, like, very, like, I love her in this world. That's so good. She, and I, yeah, I've got the very, like, cute, happy version of her doing that. Yeah, my, um, my Alex from A Clockwork Orange is also very happy and cute. And they got little hearts. Yeah. Oh, I love that we got, like, almost, like, a decoration. Aww. That's He's terrible this is his character. style, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Carrie's a tragic character. He's not tragic. He's awful. Just fucked up. You also have a fucking... Never mind. Um, I didn't say that I was an angel. No, because you're the hottest devil. <laughs> Anyways, that music is the devil. <laughs> so, the gym is burning. Carrie opens the doors to let herself out. And then we see fucking Chris and Billy. In the car. And they see Carrie and they drive... Full speed at her. Yeah. And this is a really fucking cool practical stunt, too. So much practical stunts in this movie, um, which I love, uh, which is one of the reasons I fucking hate the remake. One of the many, many, many reasons that we will get to. Uh, <laughs> so um, they are driving at her full speed. At the very last second, she turns around with another one of those like musical stings, <laughs> and uh, the car like swerves at the last second, and like flips and you can uh when the car does that they like had a like big like wooden pole thing in the ground that like when the car like went over to that side it like popped up so that like tipped the car over i love learning stuff like that i love practical stunts stunt teams are the reason movies are as good as they are Um, it was it was terrifying you knew in that moment like they were done for oh yeah so that car catches straight up on fire they burn to death which is awesome. And Carrie then uh, just moseys on home. Yep, she walks home. Uh, one of the big differences from this and the book, uh, purely for financial reasons. Um, so in the book, when she's on her way home, she destroys the entire town. She's blowing up gas stations. She's, I mean, the entire time ca- town catches on fire and burns to the ground, basically. Oh, wow. But they didn't have the budget for that in this. They didn't have the budget or the technology for it in the 2002 one either, but they did it. Looks like a 2002 Windows, like, fucking, oh, like, no. sleep screen. It's bad. Anyway, um, so she finally gets home. She cleans herself up. The, there's no lights on. There's, like, f- like 500 candles lit in the whole a house. A million fucking candles. And we didn't mention earlier, um, but during the prom scene, there's a cutback scene to her mother, and she's aggressively chopping these carrots. And then she like, <laughs> and then and then just chopping at nothing because the carrot goes away. And then she's just like, comes to this revelation that she has to murder the sin or something like that. Yeah. Like, I can't remember, but yeah, she got killer. Yeah, um, so she's gonna kill her. So daughter. then this is when she tells the story. This is Piper Laurie's like crowning moment of this movie because this monologue's amazing. She talks about how her husband, you know, how she and him decided not to live in sin. 
But then he came home one night smelling a whiskey and touching on her and they fucked. And she literally said, I should have killed myself when he put it in me, which is like one of the like, just wow, wow, dude. Um, And she said she should have killed her when she was born. Yep. Uh, So she goes through this whole thing. She basically says that. So then she, um, it's this fucking devastating moment when Carrie is begging her mom. She's like, Mom, I'll hold me. Just hold me. And I have felt that before where I just want my mom to just like, and it just like she's being rejected and it's so hard to watch and then her mom stabs her in the back. Her mom doesn't give a shit what she has to say ever. She's too busy rambling on about Jesus nonsense. So yeah, she literally stabs her. Carrie falls down the stairs. Um, They get into a physical thing. Um, She was smiling when she stabbed her in the back. It was fucking creepy. It is terrifying. Piper Laurie does a great job. Yeah. Maybe that whole her thinking it was a black comedy was like, like worked. (laughs) Um, So Carrie, this is when she is sending the knives at her mom. Uh, choo, she ends up in the Jesus choo. position. I said, hung like Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, this is another big De Palma move with the, she's like moaning in ecstasy, basically. It was fucking weird. It is very, <laughs> very weird. Um, and then as soon as she's dead, Carrie screams and realizes like, no, I killed my mom. And she like pulls her down. The house is burning, falling apart. It collapses. Pretty much what happens in the book. Um, she pulled her into the murder, or I said the murder closet. Yes. The prayer closet. Yeah. Same thing, basically. <laughs> prayer murder. Um, so yeah, she destroys the whole house. They all, they both die. Um, and then this creepy scene at the end with Sue Snell, uh, going to the gravestone. It's a dream scene. So she's walking to the like little for sale sign where they have a, where it burned or whatever. And she's like putting flowers down and the hand reaches up one of the greatest jump scares of all time truly one of the greatest jump scares of all time uh i love the way they shot this scene they shot it backwards actually to give it that dreamlike effect and you can see a car driving backwards in the scene like when she's walking up the sidewalk before she turns you can see a car driving backwards it's really fucking cool very um reminds me of the very end of nightmare on elm street the Mm -hmm. way that that kind of looked yeah no 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 i wouldn't let her go to the funeral Tommy and all the others gone. It's best we just go away for a while. Um. So yeah, so that's basically so yeah the end of our movie. Yes, that is the 1976 Carrie. It is a perfect fucking movie. It is an incredible book. It was the first book that Stephen King wrote and published. Um, he. I mean, it became an overnight success because of how fucking great it was. It was the first then movie to be adapted from a Stephen King book. Um, he got paid a very, very small amount for it, but he didn't care. He was just really excited to get his book adapted. Um, I'm sure he had no idea <laughs> the kind of fucking success that he would find. Um, just wow. I'm currently reading um, In the Tall Grass by him and his son, Joe Hill. It's so good. It's weird. I've seen the movie, though. It's it's good. Um so, now I'm going to talk a little bit about these remakes. So, the first is um, not really a remake. It's the 2000, or uh, 1990, I think, 8. Uh, it's The Rage Carrie 2, which has nothing to do with the book. Stephen King absolutely had nothing to do with it and hates it. I like it. I think it's funny. It is a sequel 
um, where it's like this alt goth girl who um, is a turns out she's a sister of Carrie White. They were fathered by the same person, and she has the telekinetic powers. Um, it's this whole fucking stupid movie, but I like it. I think it's decent. It's very, very much of its time. It is a late nineties movie, hundred percent. Um, but it really doesn't. It it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the story. She she's an outcast. Whatever. She ends up sleeping with this guy. And some of his friends, like, record it or whatever, but he doesn't know. And then they invite her to this party and show her it. And so then she murders all of them. Um, it's just very much of its time. There is the uh, 2002 Angela Bettis uh, remake, which was a made-for-TV movie. Um, very made-for-TV graphics. Um, but I really like it. It's different in a lot of ways than the original because it's even closer to the book in some ways because it's got that like after the fact um storytelling thing where a lot of it is um done in uh police interviews after the tragedy so a lot of it is sue snell telling the story which is how the book is written um and then the kind of funny kind of cool thing about the ending of the 2002 uh is um Carrie lives in the end. Um, they fake her death, and she lives, and um, her and Sue Snell, like, run off together, basically, so that, like, they can go into hiding, because Carrie obviously murdered a whole fucking bunch of people. And it was supposed to start a spinoff of Angela Bettis and the Sue Snell character um, as, like, a TV series. That never happened. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, I like that. I think there's enough differences, and I think that the portrayal that Angela Bettis does of Carrie, like, Sissy Spacek's Carrie is very demure, silent. She accepts it, but she's, like, you know, she's just sad. Yeah. The Angela Bettis, she knows her place. Like, she knows that she's, like, an outcast. She knows she's, like, a nerd or whatever you want to call her. But she's, like angrier about it if that makes sense like but she and she's just more matter of fact like she's not as she's a little more aggressive I like her portrayal of Carrie I really do and I think it's different enough that it makes sense that they made a remake and then 2013 comes along <laughs> I love Chloe Grace I love Chloe Grace more as I think she's hilarious I think she's a great actress um I love Julianne Moore I think she's amazing amazing actress i think her portrayal in this movie she does a very different margaret white she is you can tell she loves her daughter more than the piper laurie version she is just so scared like she plays it in a more fearful not as malicious kind of relationship with Carrie like it's a little more loving in a way like they like are she's a little scared closer. that her soul is going to be damned to truly, hell truly um and but all the effects are just like really over the top and stupid um it's I love Chloe Grace but like her portrayal of Carrie is just so weird and whenever she's doing the like telekinesis thing she's always got this weird look on her face she's like and like her mouth is always open for some reason it's so fucking um close it close it close your mouth um and then it's almost a shot for shot remake they literally do nothing different except for update the effects like mm. there is and it's not even a 
different adaptation of the book. It is legitimately just a remake of the 1976 Brian De Palma movie, which didn't need to be remade. Didn't need to be, like if you're gonna like remake that. it, do something different with it. There are so many things you can do to readapt that book, that story, and not just have it be almost a shot for shot, bland boring fucking unseasoned I will will (laughs) never watch that version for any reason other than like if I had to for this podcast and I didn't for this because I've already seen it like I don't if I want to watch Carrie I will watch the original if for some reason I seriously don't want to watch the original or I can't find it anywhere I will watch the fucking 2002 remake or the fucking Rage Carrie 2 I have no reason to ever go back and watch that version well, I've never seen it, and I have no reason to now either. No, you don't. Like if The you original really, was amazing. I truly want, loved it. If you it. truly want a different version, and you're like, I just want to watch a different version of Carrie, watch the Rage Carrie 2. You would love the Rage Carrie 2. I know you would. I know your aesthetic. It is very your aesthetic. And they bring back the actress, um, Amy Irving, who plays Sue Snell. Oh, she cool. She plays Sue Snell in the sequel. She like comes back and talks to the... Um, can't remember what the character's name is but the new carrie character cool um she like comes she's like yeah there was a tragedy a long time ago hmm. she also had pair powers and and so i like that's a good movie i suggest like i would suggest watching that movie if you would like to watch the 2002 one go fucking watch it angela bettis does a great job it's actually decent there is no need to watch the 2013 one it's boring yeah boring. but i i really enjoyed uh, watching this movie finally, I feel like I've done a disservice to myself not watching the full thing sooner, but can't change it now. I mean, there are gaps in everyone's. There are movies that I haven't seen. There are movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. It fucking happens. We just showed Daryl last night, That's My Boy. Donnie Big. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. You got a back tattoo. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. The heads are fucking warped. Oh, I love that so much. That makes oh, me so happy. It was so good. Such a good movie. So bad, but so good. Did not yes. age well. So no. so problematic, but all of that. So fucking stupid. He goes down on girls for a wicked long time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we love Carrie. We love Stephen King. Um, you guys are gonna get a lot more Stephen King coming up. Um, we'll announce some things next week. So stay tuned for next week's episode. Next week will be the number twenty three. We did not have a fun time with it. Oh my god. I, it's it's hard to follow, but we're doing our best. This movie really sucks. Uh, yeah, so it's it's bad. But we did a really, we had fun covering it, I guess. So that'll be next week. Um, but yeah, so I hope you guys love Carrie. Go watch Carrie. Go watch Stephen King movies. Thank you so much, Nicole, for requesting this. I've had a blast. I... Sometimes it's hard for me to put the classics on there because I'm like, oh, I love them too much for me to. But then if somebody requests them, it's like, yes, I get to do Carrie. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Happy yes. birthday. Happiest of birthdays. Seriously, we I hope this is the best year yet for you. Um, we wish all the best things for you. Thank you so much for being a listener. You've obviously been a listener for so long. Um, we love you. This is your yes. fucking episode. So yes. happy, 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 happy birthday. We love you the most. Uh, make sure uh, the rest of you, because we know she follows us, so the rest of you, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Deepers Creepers, uh, on TikTok at Deepers Creepers Pod. Email us, deeperscreeperspod at gmail.com for comments, questions, concerns, requests. Yes. Requests. requests. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. And uh, until next week, stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye.